Hey everybody, it's Kelly Cooper and welcome to episode 11 of the Life Made to Order podcast. Today I'm going to be talking about how my misery turned me into a manifesting machine. You know, like most people, a lot of my personal development work, quote unquote, was driven by a desire to change circumstances that I really didn't like. You know, that's kind of how the story goes a lot, right? We're not happy with things and we want to find a way to be happier. In my case, a lot of the instances that really drove um, significant change were not just being unhappy. I was outright miserable. You know, it doesn't have to get to that point. We can start changing before we get so absolutely like miserable that we feel like we're going to like hurl ourselves off a bridge. But it tends to not work that way because, right, we're very used to putting up with pain and suffering, thinking that's just kind of how it goes. Sometimes we take a great pride in, in all of the crap we can take and we're like, look at me and how much shit I can put up with and I'm still still going strong and still able to, to survive day to day. And for me, especially my work with Law of Attraction, you know, I really got into it at a time when things were really bad. My father had been diagnosed with cancer and previous to his diagnosis, I had done a bit of traveling. I had uh, spent a year teaching English in Japan and I had made this decision that I was just gonna have this awesome, awesome life. And I had quit a a job after only working at it a few months. Um, I had gotten it after coming back from Japan And I was like, screw this shit. I don't want to do this anymore. And I quit. And I just like took a two month trip around Europe, like no major like trip. I was basically like quitting my job to take like a longish vacation, which my parents, I remember being like, um, what are you doing? But I was like, "Eh, it's all good. I'm going to do it. And that was going to be the start of my new beginning and the, the splendor of my new beginning and the beginning of my awesome, awesome life that I didn't know what was going to happen, but it was just going to be fabulous. And about two days after coming back from that trip and ready to start my brand new awesome life, again, I was really like, if things are going to be awesome, I have no idea what the fuck is going to happen, but it's going to be great. Uh, My father had told me he'd been diagnosed with stage four lung cancer and talk about a punch to the stomach. You know, obviously that news was devastating no matter what, but especially when you're riding a high of like being super excited about the future. And then when you get some kind of news that really like alters your whole existence, it feels a lot worse. I know that probably sounds a little selfish, but you know, I'm always keeping it real here on Life Made to Order and being honest. And that made it sting a little bit more because I was like, oh shit, like there goes my perfect life. Like this kind of sucks, you know, having my beloved father be sick. And his in his illness um, from the time he was diagnosed, he only lived about eight or nine months. So it wasn't this long, drawn out, you know, period of years of, of suffering for him and, and for our family. But it was an intense eight months. And every day I was I was quite anxious and wondering, oh, my God, what's going to happen? He's going to die. When is he going to die? There'd be good news. This tumor shrank, but then there'd be bad news. There's a tumor here now. And it's just anyone who's dealt with anyone with cancer knows, like, how much it just fucking sucks ass, like, a million times over. And he, at the time when he, you know, near the end, and came quickly. Um, A lot of people with 
that also probably have experienced this know that, right? It seems like just one thing happens and it goes downhill. And, and within a week of, you know, the, the big changes, you know, he, he had died and it was, it was a tough, it was a tough time. You know, obviously this was a, a shock to my system and I was very worried about my mom. I was having a lot of issues besides this and, uh, a lot of financial problems, like big financial problems. Um, it was, it was a rough time. I was very anxious. I was very depressed a lot of the time. I was having a lot of financial issues. Kind of long story short with that one, I had racked up a lot of credit card debt. Um, at a time, around the time I'd gotten back from Europe, I had taken out a loan with a credit card company with the plans of consolidating my debt into one big ball of debt, right, in one payment. And because I really wasn't making money, I had decided to take a, a commission-only sales job because it was it allowed me some flexibility. I could take my father to his chemotherapy and whatnot, and I was not good at it, like, at all. I am not a sales-type person. I did not like cold calling. I would email people all the time. I did a lot of cold emailing. Um, I hated wearing, like, business suits, and I hated driving to appointments, especially like in New Jersey where the traffic is just like a freaking nightmare everywhere. So yeah, wasn't doing too good with that commission only sales job. My commission, I think the whole time I worked there, I made like 18 or like $1,900. Um, so this consolidation loan money was not consolidating much at all. It was sitting in my bank account and I was using it to live. So instead of consolidating debt, I was adding on a shitload more. Again, a lot of shit happening and that I was making some really bad decisions in the money department and I just, I don't know, I could have gotten a regular job, but I was, I'm pretty stubborn and I didn't and I, I gave a, an online business a whirl. I don't even remember what it is really now. It was like several years ago, but I didn't really do well with that either. So still like no money. I was working hard at it. I was trying, but I just wasn't making any money. And that, that loan money was just sitting there whittling away, paying my bills, paying car payments. And finally I, I wisened up a little and I finally used some of it to, to consolidate some stuff. Like I paid off my car loan and I did a couple of other things, but I primarily burned through that money as, as a source of, of money to live. And during this time, one of the things I found very therapeutic was writing. I'd always been good at writing. Um, it wasn't something I did for fun much, but in school and things like that, it always came very easy to me. I always did very well on like essay only tests and writing papers and, and things. I always, you know, did well with that. Teachers, you know, would tell me I would do a good job. So I just started writing articles on the internet. It was very therapeutic to me. It made me feel good. And at that time, anything that made me feel good was few and far between, first of all. And I was like, like, you know, clinging to that shit for dear life. I was like, okay, this makes me feel good. So I'm going to do it. Um, so at that time, like sites like Ezine articles and those like kind of direct article directory sites were quite popular and anyone could submit work. And I wasn't really doing it for any sort of income or anything. Um, I think I had some affiliate program I did for like a, a law of attraction program that I bought. But I, again, I didn't really make any money doing that either. It wasn't something I was really like working at. It was just some link I would put at the bottom of the articles. So yeah, I actually did have something, but it really wasn't like a top of mind 
source of income in that sense. I was really just writing them for fun. So I would submit the articles and it felt really good. I really enjoyed writing it. I'd write stuff about like law of attraction, like personal development. I wrote a few articles about my experience, like living abroad, you know, teaching English in Japan. And again, I just did something that felt good. And there was a part of me where I was like, huh, I'm like, I kind of like doing this. I'm pretty good at it. It'd be kind of cool if I could earn money writing. And at that time, it was never something I'd entertained. I never thought, oh, yeah, like freelance writing like that didn't even cross my radar. But at this point, I had given home-based sources of income a whirl. I wasn't succeeding with them, but I was trying it out. And I had, de I had decided that I would like to to do something like that. So I just, you know, it wasn't a strong intention I had set, but it was something that was definitely like floating around in my mind. And I didn't really do much about it. I wasn't researching how to become a freelance writer. I wasn't looking at job boards and applying to positions. I was just like, yeah, I would kind of like to do this and it's be cool. And one day I, out of nowhere, I had an intuitive nudge to visit a site called backpage.com. And for anyone not familiar with it, it's like Craigslist. It has all different listings for jobs and apartments. You know, it's basically the same kind of website. I had heard of it, but I'd never visited it before. So the intuitive nudge was interesting because I, like I said, I never went on the site before. So I went on the site and I was looking at their job opportunity section and I saw something for a company. They were looking for writers to cover different topics on a variety of websites. I don't even remember what the ad was. It was so long ago. But I'm like, huh, that seems interesting. So I filled out the application. I sent in a sample. And again, this wasn't some long-held dream I'd been trying to fulfill. So I wasn't super attached to it. I was just like, okay, cool, you know. And a couple of days later, I heard back from them. And they accepted me as a writer. And I was able to log into their system. And this was a company. They owned a lot of websites. They worked with a lot of other companies that had websites. Like they needed a massive amount of content produced. So basically you would log into this, this um, system and there'd be all these articles and you would just claim them, write them, and they paid you twice a week through PayPal. It was pretty awesome. So I was no longer in a position of not having any money. So that was good. Uh, I wasn't like working so much that I was making a ton of money. I probably could have made much more if I was more disciplined, but I was just kind of like, okay, I'm just kind of making enough to, to get by and maybe catch up on my bills and blah, blah, blah. So the manifesting moral of that part of my story is follow your feelings and just do stuff that makes you feel good don't analyze stuff too much. Don't worry about how every step is going to unfold, how everything is going to play out, how every choice is going to, to play out for you. Just like do stuff that makes you feel good. You know, I was doing the writing. It was very therapeutic for me. It made me feel good. I liked writing the articles and, you know, people, some people that would read them would, you know, give me good feedback and be like, oh, I really liked your article. It was really good, whatever. And that felt good. And I just followed my feelings and it led me to an amazing opportunity that opened the door for the life I've, cre I've created now. Having that source of income open up to me, having that writing opportunity open up to me is one of the things that led me to start traveling the world because I'm like, oh, I have a source of income. I can work anywhere. I'll let's do it, you know? So 
because what happens with law of attraction stuff is like, you know, we're like, oh, follow your feelings, tune into your intuition, and it's all fine and good. But a lot of us, we, we actually, when it comes to actually applying it and actually following the feelings and intuition, acting on it, we can sometimes be reluctant to do that because our mind starts kind of jumping in and, and trying to figure everything out and well, what's going to happen and like, you know, trying to see 50 steps ahead or thinking, well, logically this, this decision doesn't make any sense or, you know, what, you know, all of you know, our fucking mind just fucks our shit up all the time. And it's kind of like, don't let it do that as much as you can. Sorry if you hear a little beeping, I'm doing a fan and it's getting quite hot in here. So just, yeah, like be willing to follow your feelings. And I get it. Sometimes following our feelings, it might involve doing something that seems like really weird or really big or really strange. And maybe you might be a little, little reluctant and might have to temper the the action a bit. That's cool. But as long as you're doing something where you feel like you're being led by your feelings, led by your intuition, because that's big you being like, hey, 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 do this. It'll be good. It'll lead you closer to where you want to be. Even if you have no idea where that is, even if you have no idea how the path is going to unfold by following your feelings and following your intuition and letting yourself do things that make you feel good. You raise your vibration and in that higher vibration, you get access to a whole bunch of awesome things like ideas, inspirations, inspired actions, encounters with people that will help you some way, opportunities that will somehow get you what you want or will be something that's exactly what you want. So follow the feelings, let yourself just do stuff that makes you feel good and just see where it leads. Maybe you'll keep going down that path or maybe you'll switch gears and go off on another path or totally start doing something different. It doesn't matter because once you realize that as you're following your feelings, you're getting more in alignment with what you want, no matter where you end up, it's always going to be all good and just focus on that next step and see where it takes you. So that's the moral of that story, that little part there. And some of my other, you know, helpful situations that were, that were sprung from that, from those hard times, um, you know, being miserable will really kick things up a notch personal development wise. Cause you're like, Oh shit, I'm miserable. Like I need to change this right now. Like I need to do something like the pain is just too great because what happens a lot of times, right. Is we're kind of not happy, but we're kind of comfortable with how we are. So we're not really super motivated to change and we just kind of put up with with the suffering a little bit because it's not totally unbearable. Um, I was at a point too during this period where I was just like, wow, like my life is really shitty right now and I need to, you know, I didn't have the money and all of that. And I had read a book uh, called The Passion Test. Some of you might be familiar with it. And one of the things was like this exercise of, you know, writing down all this stuff that you want. It was like 10 or 15 things. I can't remember. And then, you know, comparing each item and whatever item you picked that stayed on the list, the other one got crossed off, blah, blah, blah. So eventually you were to end up, I think, with like five of your top like desires or whatever. And all of the things that I wrote on that card are, are true now in this in this present day and, and came to pass a few years, even before now, like it, it happened sooner than right now. And I wrote that list at a time where there was nothing in my outside experience that suggested what I wanted was remotely possible. I was broke. I was anxious. I was depressed. I had severe financial problems. I was just like I said before, during this time I was freaking miserable. 
like my life, I'm just like, my life sucks ass, like in every possible way right now. Like everything just sucks. Like it's terrible. But I let myself dream. I let myself go to those places of what do I really want? I wrote that list without any judgment, without any modification, without like any conscious like input of like, well, how's that going to happen? I just wrote it. I just made it. And in that moment, when we make those intentions, no matter how far fetched they may seem in our, from the perspective of our current reality, energetically, you're creating them in that moment. It may take a while for them to come to fruition, depending on the, you know, the degree of resistance we have around manifesting these things. But it's, I think uh, Abraham Hicks, probably, I think they've talked, they refer to it as like vibrational escrow or something. Everything kind of gets banked. And when you start becoming more of a match to it, you can kind of start creating it. I think that's what they were talking about there. I can't quite remember if that was the, the phrase, but I'm pretty sure that's what that was referring to. If it's wrong, my apologies. So that's my other manifesting moral of this as point in my life. You know, let yourself want this stuff, like allow yourself to dream, let yourself get excited about possibilities. Even if right now you have no idea how it will happen. Like I said, at the time I made that list, like there was nothing in my life that would suggest any of that was possible. You know, the location, you know, having successful location, independent business and, traveling and, and doing all these spiritual retreats and you know all the things that were on my list were things that like just seemed so far away from where I was because I was broke I was miserable I didn't have money and I was depressed and you know I was just like but there was a part of me that realized these things might be possible I, you know I you know I didn't right away delve into going into creating all this stuff it was more of a process you know I was still very stuck in my current reality and you know even though I had been doing personal development for a while it was you know on and off and a lot of us can probably relate to that you have your moments where you're really on point with all of that stuff and you're doing your exercises and everything and then other times life kind of sucks you in and you're just very caught up in that and you know feeling sorry for yourself and just not being very positive and that's you know, where I was at that point, I wasn't a stranger to personal development, but at that time I really wasn't consciously working on myself as much as I might've had been in points in the past. So I was in a, not a great headspace at that time. And I, but I let myself want it and slowly things came together. You know, the writing work came to me and I started traveling a bit more once I started having some money, like it, it didn't all flood in at once, but incrementally what I wanted started to, to materialize for me. And it all started with letting, letting myself want what I wanted, giving myself permission to want something better, giving myself permission to really think big, despite what my logical mind was telling me was possible based on my reality. Because that's the thing you have to remember about your mind. Your mind can't think for itself. Your mind can only formulate conclusions based on your belief system, all the information you've input into it up until this point, what is observed in the world at large, and so on. So it can't calculate infinite possibility. It's just going to base what it thinks is possible on kind of what it's, been exposed to up until this point. And for most of us, that's going to be a very limited set of data. That's not very encouraging. So, you know, you have to let yourself kind of kick your mind to the curb sometimes and just be like, shut up, I'm doing this and I can't let you get in the way all the time. And one of my other life experiences that really made me a manifesting machine 
was something I've talked about on my blog before. Um, you know, I'm no stranger to, you know, sharing my struggles and, and what has gotten me to where I am right now, because it's important for people to know stuff like that. Because if I write my blog and I do my podcast coming from the space of pretending I'm perfect, that's not going to help you because you're going to think, oh, like, I have all these problems that she doesn't have or never had. So how am I going to do what she does? Like we all have our shit. Like a lot of personal development people, we got into all of this stuff because we came overcame a lot of different challenges and we were very unhappy and we tried to find a way to be happy. We found some shit that worked for us and then we just like to share it with other people. That's what I'm doing too. I, everything I write on my blog is just based on my own experience and what worked for me and what insights helped me. And then I share them with other people, hoping hopefully they'll help other people too. And a lot of people are telling me I'm helping them. So that makes me very happy. So back to my second life experience that really turned me into a manifesting machine. About six months into our little round the world journey that Ryan and I had embarked on back in May, 2011, this company I told you about that I got all that awesome writing work from, yeah, I never picked up any other clients after that point. I wasn't really considering myself a full-on writer. I was just like, had this opportunity where I could write for them whenever I wanted. And it suited my kind of less than ambitious nature of, you know, being able to work whenever I wanted. And I wasn't super motivated to like make as much money as I could. I basically worked enough to to cover bills and to cover our travels and what have you. And being that we were traveling in Southeast Asia where the cost of living is quite low, as you might figure out then, I didn't need a whole lot of money to to support myself there, so I wasn't working that much. So at the time that this happened, I really had no savings to speak of. Ryan had been working a couple of online opportunities. He was struggling mightily and he basically made next to nothing most of the time. And I was supporting both of us. And yeah, there was some big changes with Google and they changed their search engine rankings or whatever. This company, I'm sure it lost a shitload of, of ad money because a lot of their articles and things weren't ranking very high in the search engines anymore. So they were doing a complete overhaul of their whole content marketing strategy. And that basically amounted to them stopping giving out work almost virtually overnight. So I went from two years of this safety net of feeling like this company will always be there for me to tap into for money to all of a sudden it being gone, like out of nowhere. And that was scary because like I said before, Ryan wasn't making any money. I didn't really have any money in savings. Um, I didn't have a lot of debt. So that worked in my favor. We were living in an area of the world that was quite cheap. So that was okay. But again, literally like we really didn't have any money. So, and because we weren't like, you know, just like living in New Jersey where we could be like, okay, let me just go get a job or something. Like I couldn't just go out in Thailand and go look for a job somewhere. And even if I could get a job, I'd probably make like a dollar a day or something. So it wouldn't be very helpful anyway. So we started living off of my credit cards, like literally living off credit cards. I had a little bit of money in savings and I kept that money in there to make the credit card payments because obviously like you can't charge up credit cards when you're overdue because then they like kind of cut you off. So I'm like, okay, well, I need money to make sure I can pay make the payments so I can keep just charging them up. And like I would get cash advances to pay our rent. We would always go food shopping at the supermarket that took credit cards. Um, there was no 
frivolous spending of any kind. And something I'll interject right here to really illustrate the level of, of depression I felt at this time. I love massages more than like anything in the world. And the place I was in Thailand, like next door to our apartment building, there was like three massage. You get a massage for $5 there, an amazing, wonderful Thai massage for five US dollars. Not being able to afford a $5 massage was fucking depressing beyond belief. Like, let me tell you, to be like, I can't even spend $5 on the thing I love most was depressing. So yeah, like we would walk a lot of places and we were, you know, I was in a really low space. You know, at this time, of course, I was aware of law of attraction. I utilized it many times to, to create a lot of awesome stuff. But like I said before, sometimes when life really sucks you in, you're not adopting those perspectives. They're really far away from you. You're getting very caught up in what is. And I was consumed with panic, fear, dread, anxiety. I'm like, holy shit, we have no money. What are we doing here? And being that I had all my debt problems in the past and I, I had cleared all that shit up, the idea of charging up the credit cards felt doubly bad because of all my debt issues. I was like, oh my God, I, here I am right back. I'm going to get right back where I was with, with debt. And it felt horrible to, to use those cards. And I was like, oh my God, this is irresponsible. And it was just, you know, it was a really tough time. But the gift of hard times, especially really hard times when you're like really super panicked and you're really in the shit pit, when you're feeling that terribly, you're kind of like, okay, I have two options here. I could go on feeling like consumed with this, these horrible feelings that are like so, so terrible, like it's unbearable, or I need to find a way to start feeling better. And I chose the latter option. I knew enough about the law of attraction, like I said, because I had been applying it before. And I knew that like, I had just kind of really gotten off course with my manifesting. I wasn't working consciously with my energy. And this was a huge manifestation for me. I realized I had a lot of fear around money in particular, and it really triggered it big time. So I, I was very well aware of the beliefs that I needed to work on shifting. I was very well aware of the adoptive, of the perspectives that I needed to start adopting. And I really put my work into overdrive and being that I didn't have any work to do, I had plenty of free time on my hands, you know, during the day. Um, I would med I started meditating a lot more. I would do affirmations. Um, I just, I would read stuff that would, you know, help cement, re-cement the, the LOA friendly way of thinking into my brain because it had kind of gotten uprooted over time from not really consciously like paying attention to all that stuff. And, you know, so in spite of all of that stuff, and there were moments I did, I didn't feel great all the time. And I always like to remind people, like, you don't need to get perfect at this to let in anything good. If, if that was the case, like everyone would be fucked royally because nobody is that focused positively all the time. And nobody's totally free of limiting beliefs and negative feelings. But I did feel good a lot of the time. And when I did feel good, I felt genuinely good. Me and Ryan, we tried to be light and joke around about our situation sometimes. Like, you know, we were walking a lot because, you know, taking taxis, even a couple of dollars, like was just a big no-no. That was like frivolous and we could not afford it. Again, freaking depressing when you feel like things that cost a few bucks you can't afford. Um, so we were walking a lot. We would eat lunch every day at this amazing vegetarian place. And even when we had money again and went back to Thailand, we still went there anyway because it's so good. We would eat meals. The food was less than a dollar. Servings weren't really that big. It wasn't some big satisfying meal. Um, we, we would eat there every day. It wasn't a lot of food. And then we would eat dinner. We were only eating twice a day and, you know, eating very basic food like tofu and, and vegetables and stuff like that. So we lost 
a lot of weight. And I was like, wow, we're like getting, not, we're not like skinny, like looking sickly, but like between like the not eating as much and then all the walking we were doing, like we really slimmed down. I was down to maybe like not even 110 pounds. And for me, that's very skinny. And so we would joke around sometimes about like, you know, we should start like a, a diet plan and like advertise it. And we we're like joking around calling it like the broke as fuck diet, like Southeast Asia version. And it's like, you know, just have no money, come to a cheap part of the world and, you know, walk a lot, you know, we, so we would joke around about it. Like there was some moments of levity in, in all of this, this misery. Um, but there were also some really tough moments too. Like I felt a lot of resentment towards Ryan for, for having struggled with his business so much and feeling like, it was still up to me to, to, to provide for us with my credit cards. And we fought a lot. And that was a lot of manif like, a, that was a big manifestation for me too, how I felt towards him and you know, working through that. And, you know, so I was doing my work and as much as my current reality was like really sucking and I'm being like, Oh my God, we're broke. We have no money. I'm charging up credit cards. Like, I feel like this is not ideal, obviously. Um, this is a shitty situation, but I, I, I realized that if I wanted things to change, I had to focus more on what I wanted, not what I didn't and not what my current reality was showing me. That's the thing. It's understandable to do that. It's not easy to take your focus away, but you have to realize if you want things to change, especially change more quickly and in ways that are really big, awesome, big changes. You don't have a choice in the matter. You can't keep justifying your negative feelings based on what's currently happening in your reality right now. And that was a lesson like that experience really drove it home to me, no matter what was happening and no matter how justified I was in being worried and feeling terribly. Cause again, that wasn't an ideal situation. It's understandable to be upset, you know, when you don't have any money, but I knew that I couldn't keep my mind in that place. I knew that if I chose to do that, that things were just going to stay that way. And I did not want that. So I made that effort to shift my perspective. You have to do it. Again, I know it's not easy. Your mind is very persuasive in convincing you to focus on what is thinking somehow that all of that focus on what you hate is somehow going to change it. And it doesn't work that way. And the other manifesting lesson that I want to make in this besides the, you know, having to choose that perspective, that being a non-negotiable is don't try to make quantum leaps in your emotion. You know, I was feeling really low, like not having money and using my credit cards and just not having a source of income. Like it really, that was a really, I was like terrified a lot of the time. I was like, to say I was anxious, like it was way more than that. It was like sometimes like terror and panic. And I felt shame for being in this situation. People would be like, oh, how's your trip? And I'd be like, oh, it's great. Like I wasn't telling anybody what was happening. I was very embarrassed. And so there were moments when I was feeling like super good, like high energy, but those moments weren't, you know, that wasn't my predominant good feeling state. My good feeling states were more of, a little more muted. I wasn't super happy and over the moon, but I was feeling better. And that's all you need to start. You just have to work on feeling better. You don't have to worry about getting to this place where you're completely happy and completely in a state of trust and being like totally being able to shut out your current reality and having a big shit inning grin on your face, like no matter what is imploding around you. You don't need to get there. If you can go for it, I'm not discouraging it, but it's 
it's not necessary. And when we try to make those huge leaps, we tend to rebound and it's even worse because it's just not sustainable. Our, and that's such a, that vibration is so far away from where we are. There's very little momentum behind it and it's going to be short lived. So just try to work on feeling better because what happens with law of attraction is we have this idea that we have to be like, you know, manically happy before anything can start changing. And that's not true. As soon as any shift in your emotion will change your point of attraction, you know, think about before you knew about law of attraction and you were creating by default, not really realizing what was happening. I'm sure you manifested plenty of good things because you weren't negatively focused 24 seven. I'm sure you had lots of positive beliefs that served you very well and it led to manifesting good things. Obviously at the time it, you didn't realize you were manifesting it. It just all seemed random, but you were creating then just like you're creating now. You just weren't doing it as deliberately. So don't feel that pressure to like get, you know, like if you're super depressed, for example, you know, if you're trying to get to a place where you leap out of bed every day, excited to, to face the new day and greet the world and, and give it a big hug, like that's really far away from where you are and you probably can't get there. And again, it's okay. You don't need to get there to start feeling better and, and letting in more positive manifestations. So yeah, that situation, like really from that point on, uh, something changed within me from that point on. And from that point on, I was always much more conscious of my energy. I was much more aware of operating in an LOA friendly manner. And that situation, losing that source of income was one of the best things that ever happened to me. Because if I was honest with myself, after a while, I really didn't like doing the work for the company anymore. I felt like it wasn't paying as good as it could have. A lot of the editors were giant pains in the ass, you know, asking for all these like stupid edits. And I'm just like, oh my God, this is so freaking annoying. But at that time, there was no way I would have voluntarily walked away from my only source of income, especially when I was traveling the world and not in a position to just go get some other job somewhere, which I probably wouldn't have done anyway. I probably would have done the same thing if I was in New Jersey. I probably would have went through those credit limits a lot more quickly, but luckily I, I wasn't there. I was somewhere where things were quite cheap. And so it was a good thing because it really stepped up my game. And I know in the moment when we're experiencing negative situations, like we're not going to feel like, oh my God, what a blessing, awesome opportunity for growth. Cool. No, like unless you're some spiritual guru, but other than that, you're probably not going to like it and you're going to wish it, did, it wasn't happening. Um, but always really when you're in the moment though, like, yeah, let yourself feel your feelings. Don't deny it. You know, I'm all about expressing the emotion, but really try to realize the gift that you're given when you're experiencing these situations that are producing so much contrast for you and providing so much opportunity for you to grow and to really figure out what you want by experiencing a lot of what you don't want. And yeah, it ended up being a really good experience for me. And a couple of, you know, jobs trickled in that they weren't great pay, but they, you know, kept us afloat. I was able to, you know, stop using the credit cards. I had enough money to, to pay for rent and pay for food. And then, you know, eventually like about maybe four, maybe probably like six months down the line, one day I looked on a freelance writing board and I mean, uh, one week there were three different jobs that I applied to and I got all three of them. And I ended up making like a lot more money than I ever made working less than I ever worked. And that would have, wouldn't have happened if I still had that other source of income because I was comfortable with it. It was good enough. I wasn't being driven to really work on myself because I wasn't in enough pain to actually motivate myself to change. Again, it doesn't have to get to that point, but just sometimes it will and it is what it is. So it's just kind of how we operate most of the time. So it's fine. And it was all good. So 
you know, if you're going through a tough time right now, you're really being presented with an opportunity to really step up your game manifesting wise. Again, I know in the moment you're not going to be like, oh, awesome. All these great gifts. Thanks, universe. Like you're going to be like, this fucking sucks. But when you can, even if it's just for a minute or, or two, realize the opportunity that's being presented to you. Because, you know, like I said, with my situation with losing the money, yeah, there were lots of times I wasn't feeling good, but there were lots of times where I was feeling pretty good. And I realized the opportunity that was being presented to me. And I, you know, I developed more gratitude for having the credit cards and being able to use them. And I was able to shift my perspective on things. And it just, you know, it, it led me down a really good path. It was a rough patch. And it, but looking back on it now, I wouldn't, have changed it. I, I was like, awesome. Like that brought me to where I am today. So yeah, that's some of my personal experience with how I really got, you know, kicked things up a notch manifesting. And I hope you enjoyed it. I could probably keep talking about this, but I'm at 36 minutes already. So it's a little bit longer than I normally go. So I hope you guys liked it. And I hope it inspired you and, and gave you some helpful nuggets that maybe you can apply to your own life right now, especially if you're, you know, going through a rough time. Because I know a lot of people, especially that are first drawn to law of attraction, you kind of come to it in a, in from situations where things are not really going great at all. It's not just a matter of, oh, I just want my life to be better. Like you're drawn to it in times when like things might be really falling apart and it's a lot of resistance there and, and it's hard to really attract quickly and, but things again things can start changing without you know getting perfect at it so yeah that's it for that and i will chat you up next week happy manifesting